On today's show, the Houston Rockets get the ugly, ugly, ugly revenge W against the San Antonio Spurs, 93-82. to A game straight out of the early 2000s. Why was the offense so, so rough in this game for the Rockets? Tari Eason, his flu game appearance, dominating in that fourth quarter to lead the Rockets to the win. Amin Thompson makes his return to the lineup and so much more. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingoon here in the short row. Oh, my, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tari Eason. Here comes Tari. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six. Five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day. Thank you for being an everydayer, whether it's on your way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for making the show part of your day every single day. A lot to talk about from this Rockets 93-82 win against the San Antonio Spurs. Probably, not even probably, this was the ugliest game of the season. This is the ugliest game in recent memory that I've seen played between two professional basketball teams. Uh, This was... I don't know, man. Like, it looked like both of these teams were playing on some kind of, like, championship hangover. Like, it looked like these were the two teams that competed in the final game of the NBA Cup on Saturday night, not the Lakers and Pacers. And it looked like they were still kind of hungover from that game or from, you know, celebrating in the streets of Vegas uh, after after the win or after a loss. I don't know. It was, it was such an ugly game. This is one where you you throw it away, you burn the tape, And we're going to talk about the game in this episode, and then I never want to have to talk about this game ever again because there was so much to dislike about this game. But it was an ugly game. However, the Rockets still managed to get the win. And that's what's important here is they found a way to get an ugly win against the San Antonio Spurs. You know, I thought that they had, you know, they were going to come in and kind of play with a bit of a chip on their shoulder and 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 dominate the Spurs based on how good they've been at home. And they weren't really able to do that. And a big factor for why the Rockets struggled so much in this game, like it or not, was the Victor Wimanyama factor. Wimby had five blocks, all five of his blocks, um, in the first half of this game. And his presence really bothered the Rockets there in the first half specifically. I mean, he was limiting guys. They were guys were afraid to even drive it anywhere near the rim. And there were times when they did drive and just got flat out rejected because they were taking ill-advised shots 
in and around the basket because, and, and Ime talked about this post game. he didn't like the way that they they tried to attack Wembenyama, right? You can't attack him straight up because he's a shot blocker. He's going to swat it to the fifth row, um, or he's just going to palm the ball and take it the other way. So the Rockets really, I think, let, let Wimby, let his size, let his presence kind of dictate what they wanted to do offensively there in the first half after a few early blocks, some some difficulties in and around the rim, as well as the other side was they were just missing some point-blank shots. Like, yes, Wimby played a factor, and maybe that, like, little, I don't know, that that feeling in the back of your head where you're like trying to rush a layup or a quick, you know, shot put or something around the rim because you know that Wimby is lurking somewhere. The Wimby effect is, is very real, unfortunately. And the Rockets dealt with that, uh, throughout the early going of this game. Uh, it was a 21 to 19 first quarter. Again, a a really low scoring affair in the first quarter. Things kind of picked up there a little bit in the second quarter. Rockets started to get some things going offensively courtesy of, uh, uncle, Jeff and the second unit who we'll talk about it a little bit more later on with Amin Thompson making his return but that second unit lineup of Aaron Holiday, Amin Thompson, uh, Tari Eason, Jabari Smith Jr. and Jeff Green so basically one starter with Jabari and then and then four bench guys uh, actually looked really good it was maybe one of the most uh, cohesive uh, secondary units that we've seen the Rockets put on the floor this entire season where they all played really well off of one another. And a big part of that, shout out to to Uncle Jeff, who was able to manufacture some points at the free throw line by just straight up attacking Victor Wimanyama. At one point, he went barreling through Victor's chest for an and one opportunity that the Spurs tried to challenge and were unsuccessful in doing so because... You don't play defense with your face, Victor. And uh, that's exactly what happened. Jeff Green went straight up through his chest, through his through his jaw, basically, and uh, finished right at the rim. So Jeff Green finishing the game with 12 points, a uh, couple rebounds and assists, but he was uh, 2 of 4 from the floor and 7 of 7 at the free throw line. So Jeff Green kind of helping carry the scoring load a little bit there in the, in the first half when the Rockets were unable to hit really anything at all um and again doing so with that second unit the five out spacing all of that i really you know liked the calmness that he kind of brought to that group um i want i want to focus a little bit more on that group a little bit later on as well but i i think that as things you know, went on in this game. I didn't think anything could be as ugly as the first quarter was in this game. And then the third quarter happened in 18 to 15 third quarter. I mean, look, these two teams uh, were awful when it came to shooting the basketball. You look at the Rockets, they they, they came alive there uh, late in the game. Credit to Tari Eason in the fourth quarter. He is your locked on Rockets player of the game. I want to talk about his performance uh, playing through sickness, playing through injury, just doing what Tari does. Going to talk about him coming up here in just a moment. But the shooting percentages were so whack across the board in this game. The Rockets shot 34.5% from the floor. The Spurs shot a little bit better than that, 35.5%, but they shot just 12, or sorry, just uh, 12% from three-point land, five of 41 for the Spurs from long distance. Um, 
And even though the Rockets struggled offensively in this game, this was one of those games where you look at it and they were able to hang their hat on their defense, right? So at no point did you look up and, you know, Keldon Johnson wasn't torching the Rockets, Devin Vassell, uh, Malachi Branham. It didn't matter who it was for the Spurs. The Rockets did a really good job of containing every single player on the Spurs roster. You look up and down the roster. Uh, Jeremy Sohan, 3 of 11 from the floor. Keldon Johnson, 3 of 14. Wimby was the most efficient player in the starting lineup, and he really wasn't all that efficient. Uh, 7 of 15 from the floor. Devin Vassell, 5 of 16. 1 of 9 from three-point land. And then Malachi Branham, 6 of 13 from the floor. So the Rockets did a phenomenal job defensively in this game, despite the fact that they couldn't throw a rock into the ocean for the better part of, what, three and a half quarters until Tari Eason kind of took over in that fourth and final frame. And this is kind of the Rockets' identity, right? Is they've they've gone through these lulls offensively, and they go through droughts where they really can't even seem to manufacture some offense, but they were able to hang into the game long enough, and they were able to kind of settle themselves down in that fourth quarter, specifically more so in the second half, uh, you know, going back to some of their consistent ways of generating offense in, in Alper and Shingoon, who had a much better – he was awful in the first half, had a much better second half, and then – just finding ways to eke out a W. And that's kind of the identity of this team. So the fact that they can, when when things have it going, and Ime said this postgame, when they've got it going, when the shots are falling, they can win and they can blow out teams by 20, 25 points because they're a dominant defensive team. And when the offense is there, they look unbeatable. But then when the offense disappears, which it does, unfortunately, sometimes for this team, they can still rely on their defense and they can still walk away with an 11-point dub uh, against a team like the San Antonio Spurs, which is encouraging. So coming up, I want to talk about Tari Eason's flu game, his impact, and, and what a difference maker he made in this second meetup against the San Antonio Spurs, why he was so sorely missed in that first meeting between these two teams, as well as Amin Thompson making his uh, return debut after his uh, injury rehabilitation, how he looked, some of the things that uh, his return impacted as far as lineups, rotations, uh, on-the-court presence, and uh, a couple other notes from this one. We're going to get there in just one moment first today's episode is brought to you by game time look you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to the next big event you're attending right you're trying to go out and have a good time you don't want to be stressed about how you're going to get the tickets and then what the experience is going to be like when you get to the venue where your seats are going to be all that stuff that you have to worry about right game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater events happening near you they've got last minute tickets flash deals all kinds of you know deals that you want to take advantage of through the app it's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area you've got views from your seats so you know exactly what to expect when you get to the venue. They've got their lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and so much more. GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They've got all-in prices, and they show you your total up front, so you don't get surprised by all those like add-on fees at the end, right, where suddenly you've got your ticket price, and then it like doubles when you go to checkout because of all the hidden fees and stuff that other ticketing dealers like to try to throw at you last second. They are obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets with so many different deals to take advantage of. You've got to go check them out. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. 
time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off of your first purchase. Again, that's code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On NBA. That's L O C K E D O N NBA for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, Tari Eason here in this game. He is your Locked on Rockets player of the game, and for good reason. He was the one Houston Rocket that actually managed to put some points on the board and do so in an efficient fashion. Uh, so Tari Eason finishing this one, 18 points on 8 of 16 shooting. He was 2 of 5 from downtown. Missed his only free throw attempt, but he had 14 rebounds, had an assist, had a couple steals, only a couple turnovers. He was a plus 12 in his 27 minutes off the Rockets bench, and he closed this game. Tari Eason played the entirety of the fourth quarter, and for good reason. Ime Odoka stuck with him. He was a complete difference maker in this game on both ends of the basketball court. So let's start with the biggest impact that Tari Eason has usually on a game, his defense and his rebounding. And this was one of those games where it was... It was ugly, it was chaotic, it was messy, and these are the exact types of games that Tari Eason thrives in, right? When you have the, the energy level and the motor that Tari does, when you have a game where there's there's 50-50 balls and there's hustle plays that need to be made and you have to scrap and claw and fight for a win, those are the types of games that Tari Eason can absolutely shine in. Now, not, not to say he doesn't shine in regular games as well. He does. He's a guy that just makes things happen when he's on the basketball court. But in this game specifically, it really felt like his energy uh, was infectious on the defensive end. When he was, in the, when he was on the floor, you know, things just happened, right? Whether it was deflections, whether it was finishing possession strong, whether it was second opportunities uh, offensively, despite how many, despite how bad the Rockets were offensively in this game, getting those second and even sometimes third chances offensively is what kind of made a bit of a difference, right? Where maybe, okay, you missed the first shot, offensive rebound. Okay, you missed the second shot. Okay, offensive rebound. Okay, then finally you got one to go on the third pass through, right? But just loved what we saw from Tari in this game. Uh, and for him to have played through sickness, through injury, uh, Tari dealt with, you know, basically having like these flu-like symptoms, right? He talked about it uh, post-game, you know, having like the cough and the, the uh, just the, the phlegm and everything that he was dealing with. So all of that kind of came back a couple days ago and then... He was also dealing with the the left leg soreness as well, which had him questionable before the game even started. So for him to come out there and and play, he kind of laughed it off when I said, "Are we putting this one up there with with MJ's flu game?" He's like, "No, this is my flu game. We're not we're not going to put it up there with MJ's." Um, I don't know for him to play under the weather and be the Rockets' best player on the floor in this one. He really truly is a difference maker when he's out there on the floor, and you see that. You know, the Rockets have a lot of lineup versatility that they can go to to the point where, you know, the the, the, the lineup that they decided to close this game with was essentially the starters minus Jalen plus Tari. And that's something that you can absolutely get away with because Dylan Brooks isn't, you know, a small forward in the sense that he can't play down a position. In fact, he played a lot of guard at times when he was with the Memphis Grizzlies. So you just get like this jumbo-sized all-defensive lineup 
when you run Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, Tari Eason, Jabari Smith Jr., and even Alperin Shangun, who's a much improved defender this year, that lineup to close out the game really calmed things down for the Rockets. It's how they were able to pull this one out. It's how they were able to kind of squeeze ahead and get ahead by 11 to close out this game there at the end. So for me, I mean, Tari's definitely a difference maker. Not having him in the early part of the season really hurt this Rockets team in some of those close games that they had. Again, I think that if you had Tari out there against the Spurs or even against the Warriors in the early going of this season, then those two games would have probably been wins instead of losses. Um and we're starting to see, right, he's, keep in mind, Tari's still kind of ramping up, right? He's only been around for a handful of games so far. Um, I think he's he still played, what, less than like 10 games this season? I want to confirm that before I uh, spin the numbers wrong. Yeah, so uh, nine games played this season. So Tari hasn't even broken 10 games yet this, this season. Once Tari is, so he's probably, you know, finally settling in, you know, getting you know, acclimated to what's going on. But Tari is a big part of what this Rockets team wants to achieve. And you're seeing how he kind of fits the mold for an Ime Odoka style player. Um, his ability both offensively, defensively. There were some maybe, you know, a, a few questionable shot attempts from Tari in this game, right? Where his, his, he's got the ability to secure a rebound and go coast to coast with it. Uh, and he's shown, you know, a, an increased desire to do so um, when at times maybe the right play is to make a kick ahead pass and get it to a guard to kind of run the offense. Uh, there was one play where he like drove it coast to coast and then, uh, you know, put up an ill-advised like turnaround midi or something. So like some of those plays we could probably live without, but by and large, the, the, the good far outweighs the bad with Tari Eason. So for him to show up in the fourth quarter the way that he did, making his presence felt not only defensively, not only on the glass, but but hitting some very timely buckets in this game. 14 of his 18 points scored there in the fourth quarter. He sent you know, sent the the San Antonio Spurs packing. He took he brought the W home for this Rockets team, which is why he is your locked on Rockets player of the game. But I also want to give a little bit of credit as far as the rebounding department goes. The Rockets dominated the glass in this game, sixty to fifty-one. Uh, Victor Wembanyama individually did have eighteen boards, um, but a, a guy that has really hurt the Rockets in the past situationally, Zach Collins, uh, in his fourteen minutes off the bench, was largely a non-factor on the glass. The Rockets did a really good job of being physical with him, bodying up to him. Um, he's a guy that's caused them some issues in the past. A lot of Wimby's boards that he got were simply just. First off, it, 16 of his 18 were defensive rebounds. So, you know, it is what it is. You close out, a, you, the Rockets missed so many damn shots in this game. Of course, you're going to have a mountain of boards for Wimby to pick up. Uh, but it didn't really feel like he was necessarily hurting them on the boards. And that's the important part. And the Rockets still managed to walk away with 15 offensive rebounds in this game, despite the fact that Wimby was out there, despite the fact that he played 33 minutes. He was dealing with some foul trouble here and there. The Rockets made it a point to try and attack him. Uh, which goes into here, the the next guy that I want to talk about to close out this segment is Alperin Shingun, who credits Ime Odoka again for being creative in how he deploys Shingun defensively. So Jabari Smith Jr. drew the task of guarding Victor Wiminyama straight up a lot of this game because they parked Alperin Shingun on Jeremy Sohan. Uh, just like they did the same defensive scheme that they used against the OKC Thunder. They used it again against the Spurs when you've got a, a non-shooting threat 
in the lineup. It seems that Ime Odoka is perfectly comfortable with parking Alperin Shingun on Jeremy Sohan. And I think over the entire course of the game, there was only one possession where Sohan, like, backed out the ball, isoed on Alper and Shingun, and drove in and got an easy layup. Uh, aside from that, it, it led to some really clunky offense for them. Alpi was able to kind of free roam and and, and pack the paint. Uh, that helped with the rebounding battle. Alpi was able to get back inside and, and secure some rebounds to close out p- defensive possession strong. But for Alpi, this was a game where, again, Wimby definitely impacted the flow of this game offensively for the Rockets, especially there in the first half. But... So Alpi was, he was two of eight shooting in the first half. Ime Odoka said that he specifically talked to Alpi at halftime saying that he was going to draw up some plays for him, that they knew that Victor was in foul trouble. They wanted to attack him specifically. And so he also mentioned that, you know, Alpi is a calming force for them offensively. He's, he's a, a, you know, a consistent offensive engine for them. And he is kind of their go-to guy late in games, right? And Ime said this, where they can go to him and they know that they're going to get a high quality shot from him out of the post, whether it's him taking the shot or it's whether it's him collapsing the defense and generating a shot for one of his teammates. They trust his ability to get them good looks late in games. And to have a game where Alper and Shingun flat out struggled in the first half. Only two of eight shooting. He looked a little shook at times, you know, trying or maybe just, you know, missing some some point blank shots even. Um, it was not a good half for Alper and Shingun. In fact, Al P and Jalen Green both got benched to close the first half because they both had defensive miscues within the final two minutes of that second quarter that allowed the Spurs to kind of get back into it a little bit. Um, and Ime pulled both of them out of the game because of it. And for Ime to still trust Alper and Shingun to close out this game and and to utilize him as their go-to guy late to get high-quality shots uh, means a lot, right? That's a lot of confidence that Ime Odoka has in Alper and Shingun that hasn't really been there historically for Alpi through his first couple years with this organization, right? Where it, previously it would be you'd have... Steven Silas sometimes even throwing shade Alperin Shingun's way, you know, when he didn't really deserve it. Whereas now you've got Ime Odoka who goes out of his way to give Alperin Shingun praise and to to highlight the good that he does, even when it's not a question directly about Alperin Shingun. So having that level of confidence and trust from your head coach means a lot. And guess how Alpi responded? He had the talk with Ime Odoka at halftime, second half, four four shooting from the floor. Perfect game from 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 the floor second half. He had a couple buckets in the third quarter, had a couple buckets to close the game out, had an assist there in the fourth quarter. Uh, things looked good. He was able to calm down the Rockets' offense at times. And again, that's a byproduct of the coaching staff trusting what Al P can do, right? It's not They're not running with him on a short leash. They know that even if he starts a game rough, that he will find himself over the course of a game. We've seen that time and time again from Alpi, where maybe he struggles there in the first half or even the first three quarters, but he shows up most when it counts. And that's one of the qualities of a star player, right? Is you might struggle for parts of the game and you might, you know, miss some point blank shots. You might be having an off night offensively, but he's still putting forth the requisite effort on the defensive end. He's still rebounding at a high level, and he was still able to come back and close out this game uh, in a strong way, in an efficient way, on the offensive side of things as well. So coming up, I want to talk about Amin Thompson, his return to the Houston Rockets lineup, what that means for a couple other players in the Rockets lineup, some early observations for how the Rockets deployed him, the players that they used around him, and what it means for the team going forward. We're going to get there in just one moment. 
First, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the offers stay hot on FanDuel because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins and all you have to do is wager $5. It's that easy. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. Right now, you can take a look at the outright Super Bowl 58 betting favorites. The San Francisco 49ers running away as the favorites right now, plus 260 to win it all this season. You got the Ravens behind them at plus 600. The Chiefs at plus 650, the Philadelphia Eagles at plus 750, and rounding out the top five, you have the Miami Dolphins at plus 800. They've also got you covered for spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start this NFL season. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. I want to share this clip of Alperin, this very wholesome interaction between, uh, not, well, yeah, I guess it was between Alpine and, and Tari Eason. Uh, got the chance to ask Alp if he had a nickname for Tari Eason, since Tari Eason uh, is always always has nicknames and things to say about Alperin Shingun. And it was just a, a very wholesome interaction between these two guys. Tari has called you Big Wizard in the past because of your passing. Do you have a nickname for him? Everyone's saying something, you know. <laughs> Tari always saying something. He always have nicknames for me. I love him. You don't, you don't have one for him? Huh? You don't have a nickname for Tari? Uh, I'm telling him. Wait, I'm, I told him another day. Tari, what I, what I told you another day? You remember? When? Close. <laughs> Yes. Gloves. I told you right. Gloves, right? Yes. Yes. Like yes. Yeah, big hands. He's like, just <laughs> the ball away. What is going on? Gloves. 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 Yeah, something like that. Gloves. Okay. All right. You guys need to be grateful. I'm talking English over here. Thanks, Alfie. Thanks. That's the nickname. I'm not going to lie to you. I have no idea what he was saying. <laughs> gloves. Uh, you know, that's all right. I, I mess with it. You know, he's he's the wizard. I'm gloves. I'll take it. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. Tari. Okay, so not a ringing endorsement from Tari Eason on the the gloves nickname from Alper and Shingo. We were all trying to figure out what the hell Alp told us because we I thought he said claws at first, and I was like, I mean, claws kind of works, but gloves works too. And then he said he said the big hands. I was like, oh, that's what he meant, gloves. Um, but uh, credit to Alp. He's he's you know such a wholesome guy, saying that he loves Tari, that they're always saying something to him, and. Uh, Tari being completely honest from across the room. I had no idea what he was saying. Uh, but it, it actually, it's kind of fitting, right? Tari's a Seattle kid. Uh, Gary Payton, you know, the glove. So maybe, you know, Tari can be the next in the lineage of, of defensive-minded players with a, a glove-related nickname. So you've got Gary Payton, the glove. And you've got Tari Eason, gloves. So I don't know. Well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll have to workshop that nickname a little bit, but... Tari gave it his his seal of approval. So you've got the big wizard and you've got gloves uh, for, for the Houston Rockets. But uh, I want to know your thoughts on Tari Eason's flu game. Let me know how you felt about his performance, especially in that fourth quarter. And I also want to know your reaction to Amin Thompson's return to the lineup for the Houston Rockets. Because you look at the box score and... You know, the, the one thing that really does stand out was the rebounding. Amin Thompson had five boards in just 10 minutes of action. 
And that that really showcases just how effective he can be using his athleticism, using his size to help the Rockets generate, you know, either closing out defensive possessions strong or generating some extra offensive possessions. He had a couple offensive rebounds uh, of his five boards overall. Just one bucket, you know, one of two shooting from the floor. He had the one. It was a it was a very nice transition play where Jabari Smith Jr. Uh, start, you know, was leading the break in transition. Uh, uh, you know, a- after a defensive set, and was able to get the kick ahead pass to a Min Thompson who just was a just lightning quick blur in transition. Took a couple dribbles and was able to then elevate. And to me, a couple of things that stood out was the way that he was using his speed. You know, in, in that specific instance, you know, in transition, a Min Thompson exploded. He was off to the races, and when he jumped, when he elevated. He elevated expecting contact and the way that he was able to then just glide through the air when the contact didn't happen and finish at the rim with ease was really encouraging because had he gotten hit in the air, I feel like he was still on his way to finishing like an and one bucket. Like he jumped ready to absorb contact and then adjusted midair and just laid the ball in gently when the contact never happened. So, and there were points in this game where he was, you know, was able to get a defensive rebound and just like take off to the other side of the court. And he didn't really have opportunities to, I guess, capitalize on other transition opportunities or, or attacking off of a strong defensive possession in this one. He had some where he like drove the ball all the way in and then he would kind of like pull it back out and reset. And I, I don't know what necessarily, you know, the, the goal was here, I guess, for a men to not, you know, maybe not step on anybody's toes, just kind of come back in, get some reps. He played a lot off ball in this game. You know, there were moments where he played a lot with, with Aaron holiday, with, uh, Fred Van Vliet. And those guys got, you know, ample time to kind of run the show with a men Thompson still out there on the floor as kind of like a, a secondary ball handler, but he basically played as more so of a wing in this game than he did as a primary ball handler. And that's perfectly okay, right? There's going to be plenty of opportunities for him to handle the rock. And the the beauty of having guys like Fred Van Vliet, like uh, Aaron Holiday, who are great catch and shoot threats off of Min Thompson is a, uh, it gives him an outlet to actually pass to uh, and B those guys, you know, even though they're a bit smaller, you know, both of them six feet tall, and then Thompson being a massive six foot seven or maybe six foot eight uh, makes up for that to where you don't have to worry about how things are going to be mismatched, you know, on the defensive end or offensively, whatever, because Amin Thompson's your quote unquote point guard out there on the floor. You've got two other guys in Fred and, and Aaron Holiday who can kind of effectively slot in as your two guard offensively and let Amin Thompson still run point situationally. So there's a lot of things that you can achieve with the lineups around Amin Thompson. And Ime Udoka said before the game that he spe- he wanted specific guys out there with Amin Thompson. And we got a very good look at the specific guys that he wanted out there with Amin Thompson. And those guys are very specifically Aaron Holiday, uh, Jabari Smith Jr., Tari Eason, Jeff Green. And, and to a lesser degree, uh, I believe, I think Dylan also, I want to double check this. Uh, I believe that Dylan also played some minutes with, uh, yeah, Tari, Fred, Jabari, Dylan played some with, did Dylan play with the men? I don't think Dylan actually played any minutes with the men in this one. Uh, maybe I'm mistaken here, but, but basically Ime is, is lining things up to where a men is playing with five out spacing with guys who can shoot the basketball from the perimeter to really open things up. So what does that mean? 
it means that likely we're, we're not going to see much Amin Thompson, Alper, and Shingun action together. Uh, and, and that kind of makes sense because Fred and Alpi have a, have a beautiful chemistry with one another. You don't necessarily need to try to force something to work between Amin Thompson and Alper and Shingun. And it's a lot harder because, again, defenses treat those two guys as non-shooters. So it, it, it kind of plugs up you know, the offense a little bit and, and, and muck things up. So we're not going to see minutes between those two guys. And it also means that we're not going to see minutes between Amin Thompson and Jay Sean Tate, it looks like, for the most part. So the two guys that were most heavily impacted by the return of Amin Thompson in this game, he only played 10 minutes, but the two guys who were most heavily impacted in this game, Jalen Green and Jay Sean Tate. Now, Jalen Green's minutes were also impacted because Tari Eason wound up closing the game, playing the entirety of the fourth quarter, and Emo Doka opted to just not go back to Jalen Green at all. Uh, in the fourth quarter. But Ime Odoka also adjusted his rotations to where Jalen Green usually checks back in at the end of the first quarter and end of the third quarter and kind of runs that second unit for, you know, the the entire time that Fred Van Vliet is on the bench, right? So Jalen will check back in with a minute or two to go at the end of the first or end of the third, and then he runs the second unit until Fred comes back in, uh, you know, with however many minutes left in the second quarter or the fourth quarter to close things out. In this game, Jalen Green did not get that opportunity. Instead, he ran the second unit for a little bit in the first quarter. And then top of the second quarter, he started the game on the bench. And Amin Thompson was out there with the second unit. Again, that lineup featuring Aaron Holiday, Tari Eason, Jabari Smith Jr., Jeff Green, the, the five-out spacing lineup. And then also subsequently, Jay Sean Tate, who got some, you know, got a little bit of burn with the second unit uh, in in those early, basically Jay Sean Tate kind of checking in early, substituting for Dylan Brooks uh, in that first quarter and then later on in that third quarter. Uh, Ime wanted to make sure that he didn't have Jay Sean Tate out there on the floor with Amin Thompson. And that, to me, screams, hey, they, they know what they're doing. I mean, you can't have, you know, you... Let me rephrase. You can have multiple non-shooters out there on the court if they're working seamlessly with one another and, and moving the basketball at a high level, cutting, all that kind of stuff. It can work. It's a lot harder to make work, though. And I do think early on in the season, defenses were taking advantage of having multiple non-shooters on the floor for the Rockets with guys like Amin Thompson and Jay Sean Tate sharing time on the court or the, one of those guys sharing time with Alper and Shingoon. And it just kind of made things even harder for this team offensively. So the takeaway here is, you know, you've got to find minutes for Amin Thompson somehow. And it very clearly looks like the two guys whose minutes are going to uh, be hit the most for Amin Thompson, at least right out of the gate, are going to be Jalen Green and Jay Shante. Because it looks like Jalen Green has maybe, I don't want to say lost the role that he had in 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 guiding and leading that second unit. But if Amin Thompson is going to get, you know, something like 10 to 12 minutes a night, just as Ime Odoka is easing him back into the rotation and finding the right spots for him, those minutes are largely going to come at the top of the second quarter and top of the fourth quarter where you can run Amin Thompson with the, with the backups and give him that five-out spacing that he needs to really be effective. And what that also does for the Rockets, something that I've been begging for, is it allows Jabari Smith Jr. the opportunity to be in that second unit and, and ideally maybe be a focal point for them to go to in the post occasionally. Um, we didn't see it much in this game, if at all, in this game. Uh, however, I will highlight Jabari Smith Jr. was a team high. Five assists 
in this game, tying Fred Van Vliet. They were both a team high, five assists in this one. But Jabari doing a really good job moving the basketball, right? There's 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 something there. His ability to put the ball on the floor and, you know, generate looks for himself and, and even at times pass and generate looks for his teammates. Uh, it's, you know, I don't think Jabari's ever going to be like a tier one engine type player like Alperin Shingun, where you run the offense through that guy and, and generate a bunch of good looks. But I do think there's something there, and I, and I hope it's something that the Rockets explore with that second lineup, with that new kind of secondary unit that they've got uh, featuring now Amin Thompson. So there were questions about how it was going to look when he returned, whose minutes he was going to take. And and right now it looks like the minutes that he's most impacting are going to be the minutes for Jay Sean Tate and Jalen Green moving forward. So, and I, I will say on that note, um, it was the right call for Ime Odoka to close this game with Tari Eason instead of Jalen Green. Jalen was kind of a non-factor in this game. Uh, seven points, two of 10 shooting, one of four from long distance. Uh, I don't know if he made a shot in the second half. I want to double check that stat. Uh, I don't, he, I, no, he had, he had that one layup, I believe, in the third quarter. Oh, um, nope, never, never mind. It was, uh, it must have been before the, before halftime. Uh, he had one driving layup on Victor Wimanyama that I thought was really strong where he drove into the rim, absorbed contact, finished over Wimby. And then he hit a three-pointer somewhere, I think, tail into the first quarter. And those were his only two buckets. Um, missed everything else. And at times, again, he was getting burned defensively for a couple possessions in a row on the defensive side of things. Uh, had a turnover. And the problem with Jalen is if he's not producing at a, at a decent level offensively, even, like, again, a, a middling level offensively, right? 15 to 20 points on decent efficiency. If he's not giving you that, there are better, more effective defensive options that you can put out there like Atari Eason or like an Amin Thompson or a Jay Sean Tate or even an Aaron Holiday, guys who can give you more defensively, who can also give you some semblance of offense just knocking down open shots or or being effective in transition. And that's kind of the battle for Jalen Green is he has to get to a place where he is at least a consistent offensive force because he's not a better defender than that whole list of guys that I just named. Um, he's not bigger, longer, stronger than the list of guys that I just named. So his way to stay on the floor is to be a consistent offensive force. He's got, he's made strides as a playmaker. He's made strides as a defender. Those things are not enough to keep him on the floor. If his offense is going to be this bad on a game by game basis. So the consistency remains an issue for Jalen green. And unfortunately now after, you know, seeing him able to do it on the road against the Denver nuggets, uh, we, he's back to, inconsistency but now back at home which is you know a whole different level of concerning so not out on him yet but you know something's got to happen right something's got to give at some point and you're starting to see now with the with the return of Amin Thompson Jalen's minutes are going to start to dwindle we've seen a few games now where he's been benched at the end of games and unless he figures it out Ime Odoka is going to continue to ride whoever the hot hand is or he's going to go to whoever he thinks gives him the best chance to win these games at the end and Unless Jalen's producing offensively, he's not one of those guys, unfortunately. So with that, that's going to be final thoughts from this Rockets-Spurs game. 93-82 win. Now 10 in a row for the Houston Rockets at home. Uh, they are 
I believe one of the best, one of like the top three teams in the association when playing at home now, which is a really incredible sentence to be able to speak on this very podcast. But give me your thoughts from this game. Give me your thoughts on Amin Thompson's return to action, Tari Eason's uh, flu game, all that good stuff. Let me know how you feel in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Lockdown Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.